the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Welcome in. How are you? Rob Black and your money. Stock market had another bad day yesterday. But from the early looks of things, maybe we had a two-day correction. You know, I don't really believe that. Uh, Just throwing it out there. Um, At the end of the day, yesterday we were down somewhere between 1% and 1.4%, essentially. The S&P 500 down 1.1%. It was the first time in 310 trading days that the S&P 500 experienced consecutive declines of half a percent or more. It wasn't terrible. Um, Some media outlets wanted you to believe that, you know, things are plunging. But also don't forget, as we get higher up, you know, 300 points doesn't mean as much. 300 points from 25,000 versus 300 points from 20,000. Pretty big record streak of not going down more than one half of 1% two days in a row. Pretty epic, 310 days. Stock market has been resilient, and it's showing a little bit of that again today. Uh, Anytime there's a sell-off, people are buying the dips. And I saw one headline out there that I think it kind of sums everything up in an odd way. People are getting nervous that, that we're living in a golden age, that you look at the wealth being generated in Europe and in Asia, and it's epic. And that should be reflected in the stock markets on some levels. Um, Anyway, you get the idea of where I'm trying to go at with that. You're picking up what I'm putting down. So stellar earnings report from Dow Component Boeing, which issued much better than expected guidance for the rest of the year. Shares of Boeing are up 5%, and they're a Dow component. And that translates quite well into what to expect for the day, because the Dow Jones Industrial Average is, is, is price-weighted. Um, you know, with that said, let's temper enthusiasm, just as we temper uh, fear. Uh, it's a response right now, you know, the buy-the-dip mentality that it's paid off handsomely for the last 10 years. It's a response that has been oriented and the persistence of the conviction of lower interest rates have really helped our stock market. Now, when will that stop? It's kind of in the process. So market participants are focused on the Fed's policy directive today. Will it convey a decision to leave the target range for the Fed rate unchanged? at 1.25% to 1.5%. Will it convey an improved outlook? All very good questions. So, 
the State of the Union last night, I think, was one of the longest ones ever. Um, President Donald Trump stuck with the preview script. He didn't stop at any point in time and start tweeting. It would have been a first, right? Um, he taught at the Tax Act and covered the administration's stance on infrastructure spending, trade, immigration, national security. He reiterated an aim to bring down prescription drug prices. So that's one area where you could say, uh-oh, what's Wall Street going to do with this? So the economic data is not having a huge impact today. There's not a lot out there. There's the employment report for January, wrong, stronger than expected. The Chicago PMI report for January um, is out there. So there's some economic data, but nothing that's you know, market mover at this point in time. You have an interesting note today that Facebook, Microsoft, and Qualcomm are going to be some of the tech heavyweights reporting today after the close on the market. I believe tomorrow we get Apple. Um, there's, there's some issues out there, right? U.S. companies added a healthy 234,000 jobs in January, and that's kind of one of the underlying stories. As long as we have jobs, we will continue to spend our paychecks. And I don't get out there enough like I should to study people in Iowa and Florida and Mississippi and Arkansas, but the data that I see is, is we've got jobs. Treasury Secretary Steve Mnuchin uh, is out and about today, oot in a boot, and he's calling on the Republican-controlled Congress to lift the U.S. debt limit as soon as possible so that the government can pay federal employee benefits and other obligations. So, you know, that's kind of out there, right? So, nothing super great. Um, Boeing's a big story today. Uh, should, Should I mention the Dreamers? Uh, so the economic stories out there is basically saying that dreamers are good for the economy. Children of illegal immigrants who get granted uh, citizen status. Um, I don't even know if I should bring it up. <laughs> That's the kind of like, what toe do you put in the sand and what toe do you not? Um, but stocks are rallying after a two-day route. Pending home sales eked out a half percent of a gain in December as supply shrinks to record low. It is a tough time to be considered a real estate agent right now because a lot of people got into it and transactions were flowing and now it's starting to dry up. Apple could be the best of the bunch in the tech earnings avalanche um, that we're starting to get. And honestly, I think it's fair to say in the last year, earnings have kind of done their job. Corporations are doing a good job of bracing us and letting us know, you know, what's coming up. Facebook, Microsoft, Apple, Amazon, Alphabet. Um, Apple has endured a sharp pullback this year. Basically, a lot of people are taking aim at the company and saying, the iPhone demand 10, you've cut expectations or you've cut orders. And Tim Cook's trying to say, you know, I don't know. I I could tell you that you wouldn't be able to figure that out. And uh, so will Apple pull something off? Or as it pulls back, will they start using some of that repatriated cash to buy back shares? All very good questions. But the Fed's expected to leave rates unchanged. 
And that may sound hawkish after Yellen's final meeting, but it is what it is. Um, what else is out there? Oh, yeah, yeah. Jen- Jenny Yellen's last meeting. I mean, she's wrapping up, right? Uh, Anthem, which is a health insurer, they beat expectations by about two pennies. Um, they were helped by higher membership numbers and increased premiums. The company also raised its quarterly dividend by $0.05 cents a share to $0.75 cents per share. Xerox, believe it or not, still in the news. Um, they're going to be absorbed into a joint venture with Japan's Fujifilm. I guess that makes me kind of sad, right? Xerox wants a great American company. Footlocker was upgraded to outperform from Performant Oppenheimer, which cites a cheap valuation for the athletic footwear and uh, strong momentum from new Nike offerings. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, more. Find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. And don't forget the weeknight replay at 7. There's some things that I don't like that I'm seeing in the markets right now. I'm not panicked. I'm not upset. But I'm starting to see some things that could get make me a little more bond heavy. Employment costs in the United States, they matched the fastest 12-month gain since 2008. Total U.S. employee compensation rose in the fourth quarter. And it matched the biggest 12-month gain since 2008. So when you start throwing in wages and benefits, total compensation rose 2.6% over the past 12 months. Private sector wages and salaries rose from a year earlier by 2.8%. A lot of different industries, you know, saw increases of 3% or more, led by transportation. While wage growth has gradually improved, a sustained acceleration is yet to occur in the current economic outlook. And uh, I'm a little concerned. Like, when I start seeing benefit costs in private industries up 2.3%, Employer costs for health benefits rose. We're starting to see, you know, that's a perk, and that's that's a perk to the employee, but that's a cost to the employer. And a lot of businesses have mathematics built into their their model of we expect to make this amount of money. And corporate bigwigs, very rarely that I've ever seen, are the ones who get you know fired first. They tend to protect each other's jobs when profit margins start to slip. So employment costs bother me a little bit. I'll be honest with you. And uh, that's out there. Then I'm starting to see a huge asset create and kind of crater. Um, and that's that would be Bitcoin. And that worries me because when people lose faith in a financial system, I don't think it's a good thing. And I would say a worst-case scenario kind of happened in that sector. You might remember a little Greek mythology, and his name was Sisyphus or something like that. The dude that pushed the massive rock up the hill only to have it roll back on him down the slope. Could that be Bitcoin? Did we push it up 14,000% in 2017? Did we ascend it? Did we ascend it? Did we ascend it? And then you see its market dominance has fallen from a 
a lofty 85% in January 2017 to 38% by the end of 2017. Um, reflecting investors' uneasiness about placing all their eggs in one basket, and you saw different cryptocurrencies come, come in, Ethereum, Bitcoin Cash, and Ripple. And what would be really, really bad for Bitcoin is if any of those exchanges ran into trouble. And some of them feel pretty young, right? And pretty new. Back in 2014, there was an exchange called Mt. Gox, and they did about 70% of the Bitcoin transactions. And they got basically, you know, failure. So, and we know like North Korea and Eastern Europe's got hackers that wreak havoc on the Bitcoin market. So a failure, a theft, a hack can lead to significant loss of confidence in Bitcoin. Um, I've got some friends who are 35, 36, 37, 38, kind of the older millennials, so to speak. And, uh, you know, one of them posted on Facebook the other day, you know, oh my God, Bitcoin cracked 10,000 and... Five of her friends like, oh my gosh, what, what? So Bitcoin's meager one megabyte file size for transaction is at a maximum capacity processing nearly 2,500 transactions per block on the blockchain. So not only is Bitcoin slow, but it's also very costly. And the average transaction fee has skyrocketed from 10 bucks back in 2017 to 140 bucks in 2017. So there's a lot of things that can happen that it... it Obviously, if there's a hack, that's a problem. Um, if miners move on to a different application, the people who are mining it, who are using global CPU power, um, if they say, you know, we're going to a different direction, because the rewards aren't there, if the regulatory environment gets tougher, there's some issues here. There, I mean, there is some issues here, and I hope you see that. And it concerns me. It does, I'm not fraught. I don't know Bitcoin. I got no skin in that game. I got no dog in that fight. But uh, investors are buying the debt, and that's the story today. President Trump stays on script in his first State of the Union address, which was long. There was one area of his address that, I don't know. Um, he talked a little bit about college debt. And this is really funny. Um, this isn't funny, but this is, to me, intriguing. He talked about how more Americans are saving money in 529 plans, but he didn't really talk about student debt crisis, you know, of how much it costs, how much people are leaving school with, how much debt. $1.4 trillion. And someone's lent that money. And have you ever lent money to a, a relative who, like, suddenly hides from you? It's pretty uncomfortable. We're going to get to that point where it becomes pretty uncomfortable in life. Now, I'm fascinated by one headline out there this morning. Fox has reached a five-year deal with the NFL to broadcast Thursday Night Football. Da-da-da-da-da-da. Super Bowl weekend, right? What will Justin Timberlake do? You could actually bet that he'll come in on a dog sled. If Justin Timberlake comes into the halftime performance on a dog sled, there's a very good chance that I'm going to have to go get clean underwear because I'm going to pee myself. <laughs> like, that... Really? A dog sled? You could take that bet. There's uh, a lot going on, right? Fox Sports has reached an agreement with the NFL to broadcast the next five seasons of Thursday Night Football, starting with the 2018 season. Fox has taken over the rights for Thursday Night Football. For the last two years, were shared by CBS and Comcast, owned NBC. 
The agreement, which marks the fifth media deals right between Fox and the NFL, comes as a win for 21st Century Fox. It is focused on TV news and sports after making a $52 billion deal to sell most of their assets to Disney, minus the sports. What's interesting to me is this. The NFL's changed a lot in the last five years. Five years ago, we had Colin Kaepernick going to the Super Bowl, I think. Trust me, my sports knowledge not so good. But he was dynamic. He was beautiful. He was, you know, fast, and he could throw the ball, and... Uh, now you flash forward and ratings have been in decline for two years after players have started to say there's a lot of social injustice in the world and owners are like, don't you dare protest the national anthem. And, you know, that national anthem and that, that flag is, is, is a non-touchable. And I get it. I get both sides. So ratings have been going down. Do you think Fox is going to love this deal if ratings continue to go down? You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. Drop me some lines, Rob at RobBlackShow.com. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black talking money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the shoe. Some of the stories I've been hitting today, private payrolls grow by 234000 that's a plus. But our wages aren't growing that fast, and the cost for hiring people and keeping them employed, their employment co- employee costs are rising. At some point in time, that's not a good thing. Trump touted his college savings in speech last night, and this is the one that I'm not political. And I try to show you that, like, there's nothing on my sleeve. I'm not, I don't have an agenda. But, you know, there's positives and there's negatives, I think, you know. Um, I don't think anyone is truly perfect, and I don't think anyone is truly, you know, flawed. And um, I think our system is, it's pretty good. It'd be nice if we had more representation of different types of people. It seems silly that we should be one of three marbles, an independent (laughs) Republican or a Democrat. But President Trump last night hit on the economy, immigration, infrastructure. He talked about the stock market, which has smashed one record after another, gaining $8 trillion in value. That's great news for our 401k plans, our pensions, our college savings accounts. He talked about balances in 529 accounts have been growing. But he didn't talk about how the costs have been growing. And again, that's what we keep coming back to. You know, when you look at the employer's and employees, and how much does an employee make wages when you start looking at wages? Are they growing with the cost of rent? Are they growing with the cost of home ownership? Are they growing with the cost of food? It's all about comparison, right? And I think it's great that, you know, the average 529 plan has, you know, 15000 or so dollars in it, but families with students in four year college spent almost $47,000 um, in a year. And at a state four-year college, you know, it's 20000 plus. Um, that's a lot of money. A college degree now is the second largest expense an individual is likely to make in a lifetime right after purchasing a home. Tuition hasn't historically... Um, tuition historically has been like crazy. You know, are your wages growing at 3 to 5% a year? No, but the cost of college is. 
So it's going to be interesting to see because we're saddling a lot of debt at this point in time. 98% of college applicants and their parents said financial aid would be necessary to pay for college. 98%. And I used to say stupid stuff on the radio, and trust me, I'm, I'm well aware of, I've said things like, don't let your kids go get you know a poetry degree. Not if it's going to cost $200,000. And that's a horrible thing to say, because we need poets in our society. But the college debt, you know, hitting $1.4 trillion, it, it's, it's a lot of money. Let's bring in CFP Chad Burton, talk a little financial planning topics. Chad does the morning show here on Tuesdays and Wednesdays from 6 a.m. to 7 a.m. You can listen to him at 6 a.m. to 7 a.m. Let's bring in CFP Chad Burton right now, talk a little financial planning action. Welcome in, CFP Chad Burton. He is with NewFocusFinancial.com. You can find him online, NewFocusFinancial.com. You can find him here on the airwaves between 1 o'clock and 2 o'clock on KDOW, his show, New Focus on Wealth. Now, California is the land of opportunity, and California has created a lot of real estate wealth for people who have been in the state 10, 20, 30, 40 years. They've probably done well if they've owned a home for more than 15 a lot of Californians are going to be house rich in retirement. Some of them are going to be stock option rich. Some of them will be 401k rich. Some of them will be a combination of the, the the three. What do we need to know about being house rich in retirement? I get ready for a massive move in America where people are going to be downsizing their home in the next 20 years. You have so many baby boomers that are drastically undersaved for retirement, underprepared for retirement. Um, if they live in the Bay Area, likely if they're or one of these people in these studies that have undersaved, they're going to eventually having to tap their home in a reverse mortgage or or move out of the state, move out of the country even. Uh, so studies I've seen, Transamerica Center for Retirement Studies did one where only one in 10 people make a calculation in their lifetime of how long their money's going to last. Okay. Other studies by Retirement Institute and other places have said that uh, of the people that do have 401k balances, the average person that has a 401k balance is only projected to save enough to replace 60% of their income. Okay. So hopefully their house is paid off by retirement so that they can have the option to tap some equity, sell it, move it, whatever it may be. That's one of the best things about owning a home is you pay yourself rent, which is means you're paying yourself equity. And after 10, 20, 30 years, hopefully it's added up to a, a, a situation where maybe that equity you've paid yourself can now be turned into rent that you're paying to someone else, or maybe it's you just stay in the house. But... Yeah, the, unfortunately, the, the affordability factor is an issue, too, because you get a 50-year-old wanting to buy a home, and it's gotten so expensive that they'll stop funding their 401k because they think it's such a great idea to buy a home, Right, which is a huge mistake. Right. If you can't afford to max out your 401k and buy that house, you're not ready to buy that house. I'm seeing a lot of people under 35 doing exactly what you're saying. They're not buying the house. Some of them are maxing out the 401k, some of them are, but that's really important to you um, to have the nest egg totally separate than the home that you live in or the place that you rent. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, start working out of college, save 15% of pay while you're saving for that slush fund for that first home. You could even do that in your Roth IRA if you wanted to and, and build up, get used to saving that 15% of pay so that you know, if I continue to do that, that's what I need to be able to retire this home will just supplement my retirement, or maybe it'll take a couple of years off my retirement if I get it paid off early, you know, 30 years down the road. You have to take some time to do some calculations. You have to continue to be able to save money into your 401k. Take the time to, to 
not be these one in 10 people that don't run these calculations of how much they need in retirement. If you're going to run calculations, where should you go to see these calculations? Because let's say my house is worth a million dollars equity. I don't know how long that's. I I guess on radio, I say it's $40,000 a year till the day I die. But how do I figure this out? You know, if you can't figure it out on a basic level, that's when you it's worth to pay maybe an hourly CFP, somebody that charges by the hour to, to do these projections for you. If you don't have the assets yet to have a wealth manager do it as part of the wealth management program, um, because the online calculators don't do a good job in analyzing your tax situation and forcing you to actually think about things like what are your health care costs in retirement. So people will just take their current expenses and and assume that they don't pay almost any taxes based on these online calculators, and they, they get disappointed. They're, they do a very poor job, unfortunately. You know, the more I talk to you, the more I get intimidated by making decisions in retirement. Does that make any sense to you? Yeah, but at the same time, we also tell younger people that, you know, you start by saving that 15 to 20% of pay yeah. in total stock market index, international and emerging market indexes. If you do that, you can do a lot of things on your own until you get that first hundred to $250,000 saved up. Make sure you have your disability insurance and you're saving, you know, 15 to 20% of pay. You're going to be wealthy when you're 65. You just have to put your head down and do it. Okay. So when I threw out that intimidation thing, I was kind of saying that it's, it's complicated, like figuring out the value of your home and how many years of income that can translate into it's intimidating. For, yeah. That's what happens. The average person. That's what happens. Once you build up a certain amount of assets, you become just as nervous about making mistakes as, you know, picking the next mutual fund. So then you become worried about taxes because that starts eating and you see, oh my gosh, I'm paying all this money on my, because of my 1099s I'm getting. Um, so that's when you, you seek out the professional help. Seek out the professional help. You can find Shaft Burton at CF, uh, you can find him at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. But you can find Chad Burton at chadburton.com as well. And I'm Rob Black. And last night, President Trump did his State of the Union address. And, you know, if I were to do the state of technology, <laughs> you'd be like, no, no, um, no, yesterday, no. So um, Google closed its $1.1 billion with HTC, adding more than 2,000 smartphone engineers to its ranks. Um, that's a little more heat on Apple for sure. Elon Musk is leveraging his inner Tony Stark, as I told you yesterday, when he's going to start selling flamethrowers. He thinks it's com- perfectly compliant with U.S. weapons laws, and I think the first day uh, someone takes a flamethrower to school, I think we're going to quickly rethink our thoughts on that one. The U.S. Justice Department added some fuel to conspiracy theories about Apple, saying it would investigate the company's claims that it slows down older phones to keep them from shutting down randomly. In the end, I get it. But the state of technology and the state of how honest are companies like Facebook being with us? And how are we? We're making them really, really powerful. And at some point in time, Washington, D.C.'s hammer is going to come crashing down, or the European Union's hammer. And, you know, should tech companies be required to be more proactive in fighting sex trafficking on their platforms? Should tech companies be more held accountable for catching terrorists? lot going on there and facebook apple amazon and alphabet all are going to see proposals thrown at them for raising increased regulation on them Uh, congress is so dysfunctional at times and politics have become so polarized 
that's unlikely meaningful regulation will get passed into law anytime soon as they fight with each other. Um, so working on internet, you know, policies. I mean, I I remember looking at some of these things during the Clinton era, and I'm going like, oof, oof. There's a lot there to be tackled. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, more. Find me online at Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show, and drop me a line at robblackshow.com. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. I'm Rob Black, talking money, investing, and more. I do my best to continue to do this radio show and television work. I won't forever. As I'm getting older, I'm starting to realize people start dying at my age. And I prefer not to do that. My dad had a heart attack three years from my age. And then six years later, and during his heart attack, they found lung cancer. So they chop up the lung cancer. And six years later, it comes back. And six months later, he's dead. I'm like, whoa. And that starts weighing on you when you start getting close to the age that he was, you know? I, I think that's what it is. But I do the best I can. And I hope you've learned something through the years. We're all told from time to time how crucial it is to save for retirement. And I want you to actually get to retirement and enjoy it. I don't want you to work till you get cancer and die or work till you have a heart attack and die. A large chunk of workers in their late 30s, 40s, 50s, and 60s continue to put their retirement at risk. You know, When I'm doing tough love, Rob, it's like they're going to get what they deserve. And when I'm doing like, man, this sucks. Um... I implore you, start saving for retirement. So 41% of Generation Xers and 42% of baby boomers have yet to start building their nest eggs. 42% of baby boomers, they're not going to get there. It's too late. 41% of Generation Xers are going to start having to think, maybe I live in Tonga, or maybe I live in Belize, or maybe I live in Arkansas, which is kind of the same thing as a third world country to me. I'll be here all day. Um, Thank you. Thank you. Uh, But 42% of baby boomers, 41% of Generation Xers, no matter your age, if you've been in the workforce a while and still have nothing set aside for retirement, it's time to start changing your ways. And I can't implore you enough. Uh, When I see how much the government spends and I see how much debt we have in the United States, I I don't think Social Security is going to be there. If you're under the age of 40, I don't think it's going to be there. A lot of folks who hold off saving money for retirement do so because their living expenses eat up their whole paychecks. And you're like, Rob, what can I do? You have to do something. That's not the answer to not do anything. <clears throat> so contrary to what you might have heard, Social Security is not going to provide you enough income. Um, it will, if you're lucky, cover 40% of your previous income, assuming the program is required to slash payments in the future. So costs go up in the first five years of retirement, not down. You know, 40% is not enough. And when so much of that money goes to health care costs, it's not good. Not only do people, you know, need around 80% of their previous earnings to live comfortably as seniors, a large chunk of retirees also end up spending more money, not less. So if you start saving $500 a month at age 37, 30 years later, you'll have 567000 if you wait till you're 42 to save 500 a month, 
30 years later, you'll have 379,000 at age 67. If you wait till age 47, 20 years from now, when you're 67, you'll have 246,000. And that's $500 a month. That adds up to a nice little chunk of change, but you could clearly tell that it's a lot more money if you start sooner. And a 401k is a great way to do it. 16,122 is what most people get on average in Social Security. Um, you could get a little bit more by working a little bit longer, by earning more for sure. But it, 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 for what you put in, it, it, it's not a good payout. And that's disappointing, but it is what it is. So please start saving a little bit sooner, a little bit longer, a little bit better. Um, that's my advice. I want you to get to the point where somewhere around 50, 55, 60, you go, I want to take my foot off the gas so I don't literally burn myself out and die. That's just my opinion. And again, you can tell me to go bugger off. I don't whatever. I get it. So private payrolls jumped by 234,000, blowing past expectations. We got a good, healthy job market right now. Not healthy in wages, but healthy in if you want to work, there's a job for you. Very likely. Unless you're my... One of my family members has been out of work for four plus years. And is now depressed. Uh, Consumer Protection Bureau. Structure upheld in a blow to Trump's deregulation efforts. Um, presidents can do action in a lot of ways, and regulations are one of them. Center for Disease Control Chief Brenda Fitzgerald resigns amid rumors that she was buying and selling tobacco stocks. I don't know how I feel about that. She bought stock in a tobacco company within a month of taking her job. She's an OBGYN. She also owns stocks in other tobacco companies, despite overseeing CDC's smoking cessation programs. My dad died of cancer, and I've owned you know, a tobacco company, and it's not the greatest thing in the world. But I don't think it's a bombshell report. Now, there's questions on laws. Like, was she structuring <coughs> excuse me, policy so that you know the, the hammer didn't fall on tobacco companies? And then suddenly she's in a tobacco company, and the tobacco company does well. Was she structuring laws that it limited or helped marketing to children? So that's the bombshell for me. Anyhow, I'm Rob Black. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube, Rob Black Show. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.